Entrepreneur on Fire 771. You've got to know your momentum and you've got to respect it. Failures, aha moments, I've made it moments, and the lightning round seven days a week. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Selection, speed, and creativity are just a few of the benefits of having several designers work on your project. Start your next design project at 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. TopTal is the online marketplace that connects you with top developers all over the world. Just ask Airbnb or Zendesk. They use TopTal. Sign up through toptal.com slash fire to take your project to the next level today. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Edward Massey. Edward, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, John. I <laughs> yes. struggled to get here, and now I'm ready to ignite and explode. I love it. Edward grew up in the mountains of Utah. His West propelled him to pursue freedom and independence, giving him the willingness to take on the unknown, a step that changed his life forever. Personal experience with every level of business and society supports his writing and enriches those he touches through his consulting and speaking. Edward, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share a little bit more about you personally, then expound upon the biz. Okay, I, I will. I, well, I've had a wonderful long life. Um, and as you mentioned, I've, you know, it, I valued independence and self-reliance. It came about from having grown up in a little town in Utah and, uh, ultimately being an exchange student that changed my life. In, in, as an adult, I started or financed four companies that went public, Symbion, Iomed, Anesta, and U.S. Home Care. Uh, I've been a consultant with the best consulting firm in the world, McKinsey and Company. I was a partner at the best VC firm, Warburg Pincus. I owned a double A baseball team. I was affiliated with the Colorado Rockies and the St. Louis Cardinals. I've had a lot of setbacks too. And I've been writing now that's entirely my focus for the past seven years. Well, what I'm excited about, Edward, is that you're a person with amazing stories. And that's what we focus on in Entrepreneur on Fire is the story. But before we get into the stories of your journey, we always start with a success quote. So share that quote and why you chose it. Well, I'm going to give you two of them. The first one is from somebody else, namely Churchill. And that quote is, never give up. I have a bookmark with that engraved in it. That was one of the things that he really believed in. Never give up. I wish I could do a Churchill accent. Never give up. <laughs> that was pretty good. And my personal mantra is, is related to it. It took several years of painful mistakes to create it, but that is respect the momentum. And what I mean by that is you've got to, you have to understand that you've got to create momentum, create momentum in your life and what you're doing. And then once you've got it started, cherish it and keep it going. And it's related to never give up, but it's really focused on the notion that it takes a lot of work to get your momentum going. And once you've got it going, don't, don't turn away from it. Respect it. Keep it going. I love that because especially in entrepreneurship and in business, Edward, we have to work so hard just to get that little momentum going. And once you start getting that ball rolling down the hill, if it does turn into that snowball and it's getting bigger and bigger with more momentum and with more speed and juice, 
you don't want to stay in the way of that. You know, respect that momentum you've built up and let that puppy roll. That's exactly right. And don't leave it. Don't step aside. You know, don't don't be too willing to see that the grass is greener on the other side. If you're if you've got momentum, just keep up with it. <laughs> Never that. give up. So Edward, here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we love stories. And you're our featured guest today. So we're turning the spotlight onto you, my friends. And we're going to talk about the good times, you know, the successes, the aha moments. But we always start with a tough time, with a failure, with an obstacle, with a challenge. So can you, Edward, take us to a moment in time where you failed and tell us that story so we can analyze some lessons learned? I've had so many failures and I have made and lost so much money that I fear recounting them all would almost be an act of hubris. <laughs> uh, believe me, I'm not proud of them, but when you hit the bottom, you move on. So the most relevant one I want to talk about is the most recent one. In 2007, I was running a family office in Greenwich, Connecticut for a wealthy entrepreneur, a man who'd made more than three quarters of a billion dollars, and I was helping him manage his money. After eight years, I left to reach for the brass ring once more. This was to go out in a real estate partnership with three other who, people who were already established partners. Well, it turns out that no brass ring there, only a nest of vipers. <laughs> so I traded eight years of high compensation, high prestige employment for eight weeks of turmoil. And I've been riding every, I had been riding every day for a long time when I took that step, um, maybe five or six years by then. So maybe just out of anguish and, and a lot of embarrassment, I committed myself to writing full time at that point. And fast forward since then, I've published two novels. So, Edward, what I kind of want to do is analyze for one second the decision that you made to take that leap that, again, kind of washed away eight years of a really great situation into just eight weeks of that turmoil, that vipersness, so to speak. I mean, what can we take away from this? What can we learn? Like, what, in hindsight, could you have done to maybe educate yourself a little more about what you were getting into? Well, there are two things that are in that that are important. The first one is go back to the thing about respect the momentum. Mm -hmm. um, I had a very good job with a very well-established job, high compensation with a very good person, high prestige. And for some reason or another, I got it in my head. It wasn't enough. And it turned out that it certainly was enough with twenty twenty hindsight when you've got Nothing. <laughs> you, you chose nothing. <laughs> That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, you know, uh, people judgment is really, really hard. And I, I've got to admit that when you want to create a venture and you want it to be successful and you want to create the next big thing um, and you want to do it with people, you really have to double down on your people judgment. And I was frankly wanting to do it so much that I just wasn't as careful as I should have been on the people judgment. And, and um, it just didn't work out at the level of our being partners. So that's one thing that we as entrepreneurs always need to be thinking about. You know, when we're starting these ventures and we're going to bring on partners to start from day one, or maybe we're already joining a team that's off and launching, or maybe we're just solopreneurs, but now we're in the process of building a team. 
you know, it's so important to do it the right way. And, and Edward, I've now interviewed over 770 entrepreneurs over the course of the past two years. And there's a lot of similar things that keep coming up and cropping up again and again when it comes to team building or joining a team. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with following your instincts, following your intuition in your guts. But then specifically, you know, when you do find yourself in the wrong situation, to hire slow and fire fast, or in your situation, it sounds like you kind of took the route of, you know, figure it out quickly and then quit fast. I mean, what are your thoughts about that type of mentality? Well, my, I'll tell you what, when I, I told you I was once a partner at the best venture capital firm in the country, Warburg Pincus, and their philosophy was one I've never forgotten, which is that lemons ripen fast, um, other kinds of fruit take a longer period of time. So, you know, you, you have to respect the fact that if it's going to go bad, you're going to know it soon and act on it. Lemons ripen fast. I love that. Fire yeah, Nation, right. absorb that. So, Edward, let's kind of go to the other end of the spectrum now. And again, let's kind of keep this same mentality about telling stories because we, as humans, we just learn so much from just that in-person, that story feel. And this time I want you to share an epiphany or an aha moment or a light bulb that went off at some point in your entrepreneurial journey. And Edward, I mean, you, you were the first to admit, I mean, you've been at this for a long time. You've had a lot of these great aha moments, but which one will be the best story for us to hear today that we can really walk away with some lessons about how you turned that idea into success? Well, I'm going to take you way, 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 way back to the very, <laughs> to the very beginning. Got to remember, I came from a rural community, not a very well-educated family. I ended up going to a pretty good school, and I was terrified. So my first final exam in college English comes up, and they hand me uh, an exam question and Joyce Kilmer's trees and says, you know, the question was read and analyze Joyce Kilmer's trees. It was drivel. And I mean, it was, yeah, my God, it was just the silliest damn thing I'd ever read. So I'm sitting there and that's what I put in the blue book. And I got a 98. <laughs> and that was the moment um, at that age, I had not yet turned 19. I knew that you, ha- what you had to do was tell the truth as you saw it. And that's happened to me. A- there have been a lot of repeat examples like that, um, where just telling the truth to somebody, even when it was a cantankerous situation, actually ended up creating the strongest friendships and, and, over and over again, I've had that experience. Now, mind you, sometimes they're not always positive because telling the truth and, and, and really dealing with things the way you see it, it's the best thing to do. No, it is so true, Edward. And that phrase, the truth can hurt, is yep. just a reality for a lot of different reasons. Because, you know, a lot of people don't want to face the facts. They don't want to face the truth. But the reality is, and Edward, I'm so glad that, that you've brought up this specific point because, you know, it goes to kind of the overarching theme that started to develop within this interview is that you need to be honest. You need to be genuine. You need to be authentically yourself in every action that you do. You don't want to be putting on airs or putting on a fake mask because number one, you're not serving yourself. But number two, you're not serving those around you in the proper way. So 
really focusing on being authentic Fire Nation is a great path to take in, in your situations and will guide you well. And Edward, what is the one takeaway that you really want our listeners, Fire Nation, to take from that experience that happened way back when you were 19 that maybe we can apply to our lives today, you know, in, in this entrepreneurial age of 2014? Well, just to tie it back to what we were talking about in terms of the failure, just think about the notion that you've hired somebody, you've had very high expectations, and you've worked with them um, who knows how long, but all of a sudden you've got that great sinking feeling. You know it's not going to work out. You just have to face it immediately. I'm gonna give you a, I'll give you a tangible yeah, example. Cool. When, I, when I hired people to, to be in a sales force, I always knew that the only thing I could tell in an interview was whether I could stand to be in the room with them. Other than that, I couldn't tell anything because it takes a year or two for a real good salesman to develop. But it doesn't take 90 days for a washout to happen. So (laughs) if it's going to be that you've got to bite the bullet and say, I made a mistake, you know, this isn't going to work out. You have to face it. You have to tell the truth as you see it and move on. Love this, Fire Nation. Love the fact that we're getting this incredible information and knowledge from a guy who's been there and done that over and over again. And and Edward, of all these moments that you've had that you rightfully so are very proud of, what would you point to and what story would you tell if I asked you to take us to your proudest entrepreneurial moment? Well, I hope you'll allow me to say that um, that's still to come. Okay, cool. You know, that, that, that may be a ploy to be asked back by you, but, <laughs> and, and, and it could be the word proud. I mean, to be sure, it, it was a great thrill to have the, the fourth best performing IPO of 1991. It was a great thrill to throw out the first pitch for the first game of my minor league baseball team. And it was a thrill last month to win the uh, League of Utah Writers Gold Quill for the grand prize for published novel in 2014. But I still think the greatest moment is yet to come. So I don't know what it is yet, but it's it's coming. Love that attitude in Fire Nation. You know, this is the type of things that we talk about. I mean... Success and happiness is the gradual realization of a worthy ideal. And Edward, that comes straight from Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret. And right. what's so powerful about that and realizing it is that, you know, we're not going for some end line. You know, we're not going to some finish line. That's not the focus of our, of our journeys right now is to get to the end line. It's the gradual realization of a worthy ideal. And the key words there being gradual, you're gradually realizing and not just any ideal, but a worthy ideal. And Edward's on that journey. So of course, you know, his proudest moment is yet to come. But bringing things to today, Edward, to talk about right now, your present moment in time, what is one thing that just has you really fired up? You know, I want you to remember, I am a a writer. I write every day. I'm a novelist. I get up every morning and write four hours. And believe me, at the end of those four hours, I just couldn't be happier <laughs> or more joyous. I have two published novels, Telluride Promise and Every Soul is Free. I've finished my third one. It's on the way to the publisher, and I'm in the midst of about a third of the way through the fourth. Um, I'll tell you more about the High Mountain Sheriff series, but it's the second in that share series. So I currently think I have seven novels in my inventory, and um, your gradual 
uh, build up to a wonder to a moment is exactly what it is. I mean, you can't even if you write four hours a day, you can't do more than I don't know thousand fifteen hundred words. So you got to keep at it every day. And by the time I finish the seventh, I assume that the eighth will be there. <laughs> Love that. And Edward, we are about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Great. That's a good thing to do. As entrepreneurs, we know firsthand how tough it can be to handle everything on our own. You might be great at design or an expert at managing projects, but sometimes you need someone to help you take it to the next level. That's where TopTal comes in. Whether it's a website, a new app for your business, or developing cutting-edge software, TopTal will help you and your team get it done. TopTal's network of 1,000 senior software developers has you covered. These rigorously tested developers are the same crew that companies like Airbnb and Zendesk call on to get their projects finished on time. You can bring that talent on hourly, part-time, or full, and there's no contract minimum. TopTal is so confident that they even offer a guarantee for every new hire. If you're not 100% satisfied after up to two weeks of working with a TopTal developer, it's free. What are you waiting for? Sign up through toptal.com slash fire and take your project to the next level today. If you're wondering how your small business can stand out in today's increasingly competitive marketplace, I've got one word for you. Branding. While building a brand may be easier and more affordable than you imagined, it still does require some time and money. So why is it worth the effort? Because it allows you to stand out. When customers have several choices, branding helps them make a decision. Your brand should highlight your unique virtues and let customers know what they can expect from your small business. In a business climate where the internet, social media, and technology create a lot of stats, it's crucial to develop a clear brand voice to cut through all the noise. Building a brand is a really exciting process, so get pumped up about it. Whether you need a logo to launch your brand, a t-shirt to show it off, or a website to bring it all online, 99designs is a great place to build your brand. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Edward, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources in mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? That's a plan. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I'm going to answer all of these questions in the context of my writing career, although they are very close in many other regards. But, but the thing that held me back the most was fear. I mean, it, 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 it is an act of courage to get up and, and write every day and face the fact that nobody cares whether I'm a writer or not. And I got to produce a product, namely the book that they might want to write to, to buy. And, you know, it's not any different from the entrepreneurial career that was not writing. You still had the same problem that you were trying to create something that they didn't yet know that you were creating. They hadn't asked you to do. <laughs> and so you have to just have the courage to keep after it. And fear is a terrible, terrible um, enemy. Truly is. But it lives within us all. Oh, yes, exactly. Edward, what's the best advice you've ever received? This is great. I was, as I said, a consultant with McKinsey and Company. My first study was with a senior uh, engagement director, an older man, and at the end of the study, he did a thing called an engagement performance review. And one of the things he said, you know, he said, you did a very good job, but I do need to tell you 
that the faster you talk, the less you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so I remember that and I carry that with me. I watch it in myself, but I also watch it in other people. You know, they start talking really, really fast and you're pretty damn sure they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, Edward, you have maintained a very steady pace throughout. So I have a little uh, inkling that you know what you're talking about, my friends. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Edward, share one of your personal habits above writing four hours a day that contributes to your success? Well, I was about to say that, I know. that the first one is simply a little bit like my mantra. I, I'm, I, I do think I'm probably a bit disciplined. I, I don't give up. I do write every day. I do exercise every day. You know, I, I, um, I, I take care of the things that I think I need to take care of. So I think what's important to note is that my problem is I get distracted. That's different from giving up. I do, I do get distracted. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get distracted. You know, the, things are exciting. And so you might wander over there and take a little time on that exciting idea or that blind alley. Um, but still, you have to be disciplined to stay on the path. Mm, love that. Do you have an internet resource that you can share with our listeners? Well, I'm probably going to um, bespeak my age here because <laughs> the, it's a little old-fashioned. It's, it's research. Um, today, when I was writing, I had to decide what pistol uh, Sheriff John Wilford Sims was going to buy in September 1883. It took me about an hour right in the midst of the four hours I was writing, and I got the right one. Um, and you know, that was it right then. I just was able to do the research. Now I have to support myself. So I do a lot of consulting and I want to point out that it's the same in that regard. I mean, whenever I need to learn something about a problem or I need to learn something about a potential client, I really, I really find the internet just dramatically changes our ability to, uh, inform ourselves. Edward, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? It's going to be my book, Every Soul is Free. And <laughs> it's the novel I published this year. I, I'm, I'm not just saying that to promote myself, although I do recognize it's bald self-promotion. <laughs> but, but I want to tell you about a theme that I'm pursuing, and it's gaining some traction, and that is that you know companies – both entrepreneurial companies and big companies are using stories to educate themselves and their their um, employees and to enhance their marketing. Now, if you think about it, that's exactly what you're doing, John. Right. I mean, you're using stories. And so one of the things that I'm doing rather aggressively in promoting the sale of my book is promoting the stories that it has and that are useful to um, the businesses that I know about. I'll give you an example. Since I was in the wealth management business, a lot of the wealth management companies or, or divisions of banks want to communicate with high net worth individuals around the subject of, you know, how do you transfer family values? How do you transfer wealth across generations? Well, my book, Every Soul is Free, is very much a book about uh, multiple generations and the values that pass from one generation to the next in terms of survival it's not at all about money so it gives you a chance 
And in, in the book, there's this one quote where Sheriff Sims says about his grandson, I like to tell him stories, gives him a chance to learn without being taught so damn much. Every soul is free, Fire Nation. And Edward, are you going to turn this into an audiobook? I am going to turn it into yes. an audiobook. I, it's, all, it's an ebook now, and I'm going to turn it into an audiobook. I haven't done that yet, but definitely am. Good to know, because I will say that Fire Nation, Edward, loves audio. Oh, good. Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And I will definitely keep you updated when Every Soul is Free is available in the Super. Audible bookstore. Okay. So, Edward, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it is a doozy, my friends. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter, taken care of. But all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would write, and I want to take you back to my comment on momentum, and that's why it's important. All the hard lessons I had to learn were when I was my own momentum breaker. So, you know, you've got to know your momentum and you've got to respect it. Respect it. Now, I'm headed in this direction. The direction that I'm committed to and I'm, he- I'm headed in is writing and I'm just going to keep going. So remember, like the mantra, never give up. <laughs> and I would continue. If the last thing I did was just one more story that somebody could read, then that would be fine. I'd probably use up the 500 bucks because I don't make any money, but... <laughs> but your food and shelter is taken care of, so you can do that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's right. My food was taken care of. Yes, and shelter. It might be a YMCA, Edward, but there will be a roof over your head. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, Edward, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, well, I wonder if I may just tell you that everybody can, anything that I've said, and if you find any of it interesting, edwardmasseybooks.com is the website. It's basically a writing career devoted to people who just get up every morning and keep going, like never give up in the momentum. My email is there. I'd love to have people email me. I love, I, I really love to connect with people. So, um, edwardmasseybooks.com, and my email's there, and just Send me an email. I'll answer it for sure. I love that. And watch what you wish for. Fire Nation takes action. So Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Edward and myself today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Edward in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up. And Fire Nation, do what I'm going to do. Go check out Every Soul is Free because... Listen, you've heard Edward. You know the kind of dedication he puts into his writing. You know that it is just a golden star on the shelf right now. And Edward, I just want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. And for that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks a lot, John. I appreciate it. And thanks for working with me on this traffic jam. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Bye-bye. Fire Nation. Podcasting has given me the freedom to live life on my own terms. Join Kate and I on our free podcast workshop and we'll spark your passion. Text Paradise to 38470 to claim your spot today. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.